The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and founder of health and wellness company, WCubed, that you can learn more about at wcubedcommunity.com. Thank you for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners very much. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And it's become crystal clear to me that it's necessary to deal with more than the conscious mind to make good lifestyle choices consistently. You need to go deeper and perhaps rewire the brain or update subconscious programming that is not serving you. So we address both aspects on the show. We feature many practitioners who provide information about good daily choices and also those who specialize in getting at the deeper root causes of what may be driving your poor choices so you can move beyond them and make better choices with ease. One example is practitioner Brian Bradkey, who was on the show on September 29th and discussed subconscious reprogramming with a modality called Psych-K. I encourage you to check out that show on demand if you missed it because it is about working at levels deeper than your conscious mind to affect lasting change. And today, we're going to discuss working with a conscious and subconscious mind to move beyond trauma with author of Heal Your PSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work, Michelle Rosenthal. Michelle inspires and guides audiences to overcome depression, anxiety, and fear as they rebuild their lives after trauma and adversity. A formal faculty member at the Clinical Development Institute for Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center, Michelle is a popular keynote speaker, award-winning PTSD blogger, best-selling and award-nominated author, workshop seminar leader, and certified professional coach. She hosts the radio program Changing Direction and is the founder of HealMyPTSD.com. Michelle is a trauma survivor herself that struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder for over 25 years. She then went on a healing rampage and is now 100% PTSD free. Since her recovery several years ago, Michelle has dedicated her professional career to helping survivors, caregivers, and healing professionals learn about the effects of trauma and more efficiently navigate the recovery process. And you can learn more at HealMyPTSD.com. Welcome to the show, Michelle. It's wonderful to have you here today. Sandra, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. You are so welcome. And let's just jump right in. 
We've discussed moving beyond PTSD on this show before with folks like Bava Ram, founder of Warriors for Healing, and Suzanne Manafort, program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Mindful Yoga Therapy Program, primarily as it relates to military veterans. And you're not a veteran, though you struggled with PTSD for over 25 years. Can you tell us what triggered your experience? Absolutely. And before I even get into that, I think this question always brings up such an important issue, and it's this one. It's that the the media always makes it seem like PTSD is combat-related. Correct. And it's really important for all of us to understand that the causes of PTSD have in their inherent nature, are life-threatening trauma, which happens way outside the military as well. So I've worked with veterans. I support veteran causes. I am dedicated to honoring and respecting our veterans. So I start there, and then I like to branch out and remind everyone, domestic violence, car accidents, natural disasters, community trauma, illnesses, which is where my story begins, life-threatening illnesses, sexual assault, child abuse, these are all precursors for PTSD. So it's really important to understand that the PTSD population is both civilian and military. Great point. So I hope that's okay with you that I start there. That's a great point. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Sandra. So, okay, so now that having been said, my story becomes not so unique or weird or outside the boundaries of what we think qualifies as PTSD because PTSD, up to 70% of all U.S. adults will experience some kind of trauma. That's military or civilian, doesn't matter. The inclusive data is up to 70% of U.S. adults will experience some kind of trauma. Up to 20% of them will end up with post-traumatic stress disorder. My story actually starts as a child. I was 13 years old when I was given a medication that no one realized I was allergic to, and the allergy sparked a very rare illness that happens to one in two million people. So I'm not saying that taking a a medication will cause this in anybody else, (laughs) but for me, the allergy to the medication turned me into the equivalent of a full-body burn victim. And I was in New York City at the time at a fabulous teaching hospital. None of the doctors had ever seen what was happening to me. So for a week, as my body erupted into these enormous blisters and and my skin began to come off, um, they didn't know what was happening. And then when they started to realize, okay, we have no protocol for this, <laughs> they quickly converted my room into a quarantine burn unit, and that's where I stayed, awake and conscious, fully aware for the entire length of this illness, and that was 1981. Today, there's a lot more known about what I survived, and they immediately put patients into a coma until it's over, which I I think is, you know, a real blessing. But when I came out of the hospital, I knew that I was going to make a full physical recovery and go on to live a, a fine life. But Sandra, think back to yourself at the age of 13. What kind of coping skills did you have for major trauma, fear? I had a near-death experience where I actually left my body. What do we do as kids with those kind of experiences? Right. That's, it's just frightening. Yes, and you really don't have the skills. Yeah. No, we really don't. We don't have any 
process for understanding how to put things in the past and have perspective, for one. And it's at a time, especially 13 and below, we don't, we don't really have a concept of, of our identity, who we are. Between 13 and 18, we develop an identity psychologically speaking and theoretically speaking. So up until 18, let's say, we're forming our identity. So if you have a trauma before that time, it's very easy for the trauma to become a part of your identity. Mm. And that's, in fact, what happened for me. Within a few months after my trauma, I started exhibiting what we now know are classic post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. But in 1981, that was only one year after PTSD had entered the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is the Bible for psychological diagnoses, and it was purely being applied to Vietnam veterans. So when I started presenting with symptoms, there was no Google for my parents to hop on and see what's going on with our child. Instead, I, you know, I was taken to, to therapists, and, and they all said she'll bounce back, no problem, because nobody was imagining that a civilian kid with a hospital trauma would be a candidate for PTSD. And so that was the beginning of how I then spent, you know, it was 24 years before I got my diagnosis, another few years of hardcore healing. Um, and, and so I lost, you know, a significant chunk of my life to what is, in fact, essentially a very treatable condition. Wow, that's a really amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And so as you mentioned, civilians and military veterans experience post-traumatic stress, would you say that the experience is the same between both, whether they experience it as a result of combat or uh, some other trauma like an illness that you experienced? Well, I'll tell you a fun story. When I finished my recovery, in answer to that, so um, yes and no, when I finished my recovery, I I didn't know what to do with myself. I was 40 years old. I had no job, no family, no relationships. I mean, I had my, my original family, but um, no, I, I didn't have a spouse. I didn't have kids. I hadn't been able to sustain or create a, a lifestyle. So at 40, I didn't know, what do I do now? And I've always been a writer since I was seven. So I thought, okay, I'll write. And my, I'll write about what just happened. <laughs> and, and my brother said, well, if you're going to do that, at least do it online, do a blog. So I started blogging about PTSD recovery. And Sandra, honestly, I didn't think anyone would understand me. My illness was so rare, the details so horrific, that I didn't share many of them. And I concentrated mostly on writing about the experience of PTSD symptoms and how I alleviated them. And so I really thought I was just writing for myself. Imagine my surprise when I started getting comments on the blog and email from people saying, how do you know exactly how I feel? Mm. Or you just put into words exactly what I've been trying to explain for 20 years. How did you do that? And these emails and these comments, the first I ever received were from veterans. Wow. Veterans from Vietnam, veterans from the Middle East. And I was shocked. 
And I wrote back to them, I don't know how I know how you feel. I just know how I feel. And that was the beginning of my understanding that we are all incredibly unique and individual in our traumas and our healing processes. But in the experience of post-traumatic stress disorder, in the fear, in the isolation, in the withdrawal, in the anxiety, in the idiosyncratic behaviors, and in the soul wound, we are so incredibly universal. So while each individual person experiences PTSD in a different way. For example, I didn't have flashbacks all the time, but I had recurring nightmares that wouldn't leave me alone. While there are other people who have no nightmares, but dissociative flashbacks every day. So we all experience different combinations of the symptoms, but the psychological experience of post-traumatic stress disorder is very universal. And since those first comments and emails came in, I mean, what grew into the Heal My PTSD website started as this tiny little blog, and it grew and grew because the community became full of veterans, domestic violence survivors, child abuse, child sexual abuse, sexual assault, natural disasters. Suddenly, everyone was coming and having this terrific conversation about how we all felt the same. And and that was very cathartic and healing as a community and for each individual person because you feel so alone in PTSD, and one of the great gifts, if I can use that word, is understanding you're part of a community that really does understand you. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a very interesting point, that the trauma and the loss of identity, regardless of how you experienced it, whether it be as a result of combat or abuse or illness, the results on the human psyche and the body are very similar. It's universal, uh, the human experience to trauma. So that's a very good point. And thank you for sharing with us how common it is in the civilian population too, and how it needs to be addressed there as well. So we're going to go ahead right now and get ready for our break. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PTSD. And we just talked about how those outside of the military can also experience PTSD from emotional or physical trauma like a life-threatening illness. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about how Michelle went on what she calls a healing rampage and moved beyond her trauma after a lot of self-work and how she now teaches others to do the same. There is definitely hope. That's what you will get from this story. So we'll see you soon with more great insights from our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. 
Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra, host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kanstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And in the last segment, Michelle made some wonderful points about the prevalence of PTSD amongst the civilian population in addition to the military population. So now, Michelle, let's get technical for a moment. Can you explain how trauma affects the brain and the body? Why it's something that can't just be shaken off? Absolutely, definitely. And this is something I wish I had understood during my own recovery process. I, I didn't have access to this information, and it really would have taken a lot of the pressure off me if I had understood the problem wasn't that I was willfully holding on to the trauma, uh, as I sometimes thought, you know, this it must be my fault. All of these symptoms must be my fault. And I think it's very easy for us to look at other people who have PTSD when, when we're uneducated and say, well, why can't you just let it go? Right. And and that's like the number one thing survivors hate to heal because if I could let it go, I would have. I was miserable. And I didn't know then what we know now from a ton of brain research that has come out in the past decade that really proves how much trauma changes the brain. We know that the cells of your body have memory. So literally every experience you have, those cells hold on to and in their tiny little cellular way, hold the memory of of every experience. And this is true for both physical and emotional trauma. And that's a really important point to make. So let's just pause there for a second because so often I'll hear, I speak all over the place and I always hear survivors saying, well, my trauma wasn't as bad as 
Mm. You know, this person's or that person's. I just lived in an abusive marriage for 25 years where he only said he might, he would kill me, but he didn't actually hit me. Mm. Well, you know, when we experience fear, it, even if it's just from some verbal comment someone's making, that's a physical experience. So I always like to remind everyone that trauma is both a physical and emotional experience, whether or not and in both ways that it may or may not incur physical and emotional experiences, if that makes sense. You can be emotionally abused and have a physical response. And so the trauma is both emotional and physical and, of course, vice versa. So, um, so in that respect, we know that the body holds on to all of that. Conversely, the brain alters the way it works depending on how our body responds to experiences. Our brains and bodies are built to constantly change. Literally every experience you have changes your brain and your body. Now, sometimes those are infinitesimal changes, and sometimes they're bigger. Sometimes the effects are short-lived, and sometimes they're long-lasting. In trauma, for example, when your, your nervous system ramps up to create your survival response. All of your brain and body systems focus on just fight, flee, or freeze. They are solely geared toward your survival. This means that your breath quickens, your pulse starts to race, your stress hormones go up, you have more cortisol, more adrenaline. All of the blood pumps from your internal organs to your external limbs so that you can make a survival response. You're either going to fight your way out of it or you're going to run or you're going to just curl up into a ball and be still. So... Right there, your brain starts to change how it functions because your chemistry, your biological, physiological response to trauma changes the way your brain is operating because the chemicals in your brain are are changing. Now, when that happens also, and this lasts beyond the trauma itself, and this is where we get stuck because right after trauma, for the first four weeks after trauma, it's very normal to experience acute stress mood dysregulation, sleep dysregulation, maybe you, you have some nightmares. Your brain is working to integrate that experience into who you are and put it in the past so that you can move on. After four weeks, if all of that continues, and there are four specific categories for PTSD symptoms, that's when we start to get into a problem, and that's when you start to really understand how deeply the brain has been affected by trauma, because literally, for example, the amygdala is this small almond-shaped part of your brain that's uh, responsible for your threat detection. After trauma... And because of how activated it becomes during trauma, afterward, it can continue to overfire. Literally, studies have shown that in PTSD, it is possible for the amygdala to actually increase in size. It overfires wow. so much. It's like a little muscle. It gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> and conversely, the hippocampus, the part of your brain that is supposed to consolidate your memories and shift them from short-term to long-term storage, your hippocampus gets hung up and interrupted, for example, by cortisol, which kills some of your hippocampal cells. So when your hippocampus under-responds, 
those memories that are supposed to be placed in long-term storage, the emotions that are supposed to be processed, they get hung up in an activated loop, which is so often why people with post-traumatic stress disorder, we always feel like something bad is about to happen because we actually still feel like we're in the moment of trauma. Mm. So in those instances, the hippocampus has been shown to shrink. So you really, I mean, I love those two examples because they show you how much a physical response in the brain can come from trauma. I also always hasten to say those can be reversed. (laughs) There you go. So that when you heal, the the hippocampus expands back to its normal size and the amygdala shrinks back to its normal size as well. Yes. So that was an excellent description of how the brain actually changes. And so you can't just shake off this trauma and move on. You're physically different. And so you went on what you call a healing rampage to reverse these effects in your body. So can you talk to us about what that involved for you? Absolutely. And I call it a healing rampage because I was so determined to be free of all of this. So, and I call it a healing rampage to mark the time when I committed to my recovery because for several years I'd been in therapy and I thought the work that I was supposed to do was show up every week. And then I'd sit down in the chair and, you know, the rest of the work was the therapist's or so I thought. I thought if I just showed up, he would do the rest of the work and we'd be done at some point because I didn't want to have to feel the pain. I didn't want to have to think the thoughts. I didn't want to have to actually do anything because recovery was terrifying to me. It was forcing me or challenging me to let go of all of the post-trauma coping mechanisms I had developed, which, you know, in the beginning we think we're really smart. All of the coping mechanisms that we put in place make us feel safe and in control, and we think, well, that's how I'm going to be able to survive this and move forward and, and be fine. And the irony, one of the many PTSD ironies, is that the coping mechanisms you put in place to keep you safe and in control actually become the things that make you unsafe and out of control. Mm. And so for a long time in, in, in therapy, I did not participate. So I, I call it my healing rampage when I finally started showing up and I said, okay, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I will face any fear. I will walk into any flame, psychologically speaking, just to be free of this. And so I launched this, you know, it was not a, a, a program per se because there is no one way to heal PTSD. It's a trial and error, what works for you way. And by the end, I had used 10 different modalities, starting with talk therapy and cognitive behavior therapy and the traditional model, and then expanding into energy processing, so emotional freedom technique, tapas acupressure technique, thought field therapy. I also did some eye movement, uh, repro- yeah, eye movement, EMDR, um, and then... From there, because I was better but not free, and my goal was to be free, that was the purpose of the rampage, to keep going at all costs until I was free, I then branched out into what were really practices that, A, were much more gentle, in my opinion, and B, really tapped the subconscious mind in ways that were 
incredibly important and allowed me to go the rest of the way. So that was things like hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. So my healing rampage spanned several years and really required me to keep saying, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to do this at all costs. I'm going to keep going. I'm committed. And so that's the short version. <laughs> it's always easy to look back and say, oh, she healed. Look at that. And, and it's never that easy and it's never that quick. That's right. Yes. And what we're going to get into in the next segment is the book that you wrote, which provides a lot of information and a lot of help for pointers, dynamic strategies to help people get onto their own healing rampage. So let's get ready for that now by taking a short break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And our guest today is Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And we just talked about how Michelle started and accomplished her own healing rampage. And in the next segment, we're going to discuss her advice for others to get started on their own. We don't want to lose anyone else to the hopelessness of PTSD. Stay close and we'll see you soon. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra, host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kenstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. 
She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today is Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And in the last segment, we talked about Michelle's healing rampage, how she felt her way through it and committed herself and accomplished it using traditional and integrative modalities. And she summarized all of this learning and experience in a book called Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And on page 50, Michelle, you wrote something that I think describes the situation so well. You wrote, the first thing most PTSD survivors do is hate themselves, their symptoms, and their irrational, unstoppable behaviors. Take a time out from that and appreciate that your mind and body are doing the one thing your subconscious values, finding a way to keep you safe. The problem in PTSD is that the complex psychological and neurobiological symptoms of your mind and body haven't received the message that the danger has passed. Since they will believe that the imminent danger exists, they are doing exactly the right things to ensure your survival. While these behaviors do not always make your life easier, they have a purpose. And like any good detective, you have to figure out the clues your mind offers up and then direct it to make healthy actions based on what it seems to need. So that's very well put. Um, Just how you mentioned that the mind and body, it's actually trying to keep you safe. (laughs) Uh, so, So you're not actually going at war with your body to get over this. You're understanding that it's doing what it thinks is going to keep you safe. And so... Given that situation and given the frustration that those suffering with this can feel, how do you take the first step and what should those first steps be? You make such a great point, Sandra, that we shouldn't be at war with our bodies and minds. And a lot of what I write about in Heal Your PTSD is how to work with your body and your mind instead of against it. Yes. Because I think we get so hung up in that, especially because we're so self-critical. I know that from my own personal experience, and I see that with all of my clients. So, So starting to work with yourself rather than against yourself, really, I think it starts with three components. Number one, creating around yourself an attitude of hope. And the reason that I think we have to start there is because it's very easy to say, well, I'm so damaged, I can't be fixed. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Mm. And, and, and other ideas and thoughts like that, that we're already limiting our possibilities. So first, we have to start by just saying, I'm open to the fact that things can change. And when you start to tap into hope, you start to tap into a resilience and access your resilience which is critical in recovery. So number one is just starting to open yourself to the hope that things can change because in that openness, anything can happen. So is that what happened to you when you started your healing rampage? Did you feel a hope at that point? And and is that why you committed yourself? That's a really, is a really insightful thing to say. Yes. I, uh, I had uh, the PTSD after many, many years really 
just ravaged my body and I had a slew of physical medical issues that everybody could see and I have a, like a file of medical papers that's maybe four inches thick. Everyone could see the tests were all coming back that things were wrong with my body but nobody could figure out what was the problem. They thought I had mercury poisoning. They thought I had liver cancer. They diagnosed me with celiac disease and my head was spinning and eventually uh, and then I was advanced. I was diagnosed with advanced osteoporosis. I was just 35 years old. And this doctor said to me, if you don't get this under control within 10 years, your body, your bones will start to spontaneously crumble. Oh my goodness. That terrified me. And it was that fear that prompted me into my healing rampage. And in that moment, when I realized, oh my God, this is, this is, this is more serious than I thought. I realized I've been terrified my whole life. I am always terrified. And, and it was the recognition that the fear of that diagnosis was really shining the light on the bigger terror that I lived in all the time, that something bad was going to happen to me. And when I understood, oh my gosh, I'm, I've always lived in fear since I was 13. I have oh. built my life around terror. And my next thought was, I have to figure out how to stop that. And in that, I have to figure out how to stop that, that was hope. Because right when you first, when you just say I have to figure out how to do this, that inherently has hope in it because you're already yes. making the assumption there is a way to do it. So based on that hope that I had that there actually was a way to stop it, I went full force. I started going to therapy three times a week. <laughs> Forget yeah. once. I went three times a week and I threw myself into it to start figuring things out. So to answer your question, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry to sidetrack there from how those who are suffering need to take first steps, but that was a really wonderful answer. Thank you. Sure. And the thing is, you don't always have to believe in hope. You just have to be open to it. Mm. You don't have to believe you can succeed. You just have to be open to the possibility. Because to, to go from despair to joy, we don't do that in 10 seconds flat. Every emotion that we have goes through gradations. We go from despair to frustration to annoyance to anger to, you, do you see what I'm saying? We yeah. start cycling up to just a slightly different emotion until we get from the bottom to the top. And, and recovery is like that too. So, so number one is opening yourself to hope and then embracing it and learning to embody it so that even in those you know, I tried some modalities that really made me worse instead of better. And even in those moments, I had to hold on to the hope that the next modality would be the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hope that keeps you going. It's hope that makes you keep saying, even though I'm not better today, I'm hoping I can be better tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. Because you need that propulsion. You know, we can either be pushed from behind so that we're trying to get away from something that feels uncomfortable, or we can be pulled forward by the desire for something. And hope is that thing that can pull you forward if you can just stay focused on it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is education. Education is key. No healing rampage can succeed unless you study, 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 study. And what I mean by that is get the information you need to create your personal healing process. 
since there is no one-size-fits-all, we all have to try to figure out what works for me. And so education is really key there. The more we know, the more we can be creative in putting together our, our personal program and our process and getting the response from people that we need. So at a time that our heads are really cloudy and foggy, uh, and I recognize that, we need to sort of find a way to understand what's happened. And, and that is partly what burst the Heal My PTSD website. So on HealMyPTSD.com, we've broken all of the educational components down into easily chunked little pieces. We have podcasts about PTSD recovery. We have a webinar series about how trauma affects the brain. The blog is full of contributions from survivors and healing professionals about what works. So learning and finding resources to facilitate that is hugely important. And all of those resources are free on the HealMyPTSD.com website. And then the third thing that I think is really essential, in addition to hope and education, is forming your own intention for your recovery process. And everybody's intention can be different. My personal intention was I am going to keep going until I am done with symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that guided me because having expectations makes us rigid. If we expect this modality is going to heal me and then I will be done, we're going to be disappointed every time. If we form an intention that says, I'm going to try this, and if it works, great, and if not, I'm going to find the next thing, that's a focus that allows us to be flexible, and flexibility is a hallmark of recovery. Rigidity is a hallmark of PTSD. So in the intention you ground and center yourself on a path that keeps progressing itself. And and that is critical because there are always going to be challenges and what feel like setbacks. So we we need a, a, a sort of attitude and a mental approach that allows us to stay focused on what really matters. And some people, I've worked with some clients who their sole intention is just to be able to cope. Others, I just, I'll be fine if I could just get rid of my nightmares. So it's perfectly fine to create an intention that feels right to you, and your intention can change over time. But those, I, I think, are, are the three elements that are really important in forming the foundation for a successful healing rampage. Mm, that's very well put. Hope, education, and intention. And it sounds like you have a lot of resources on HealMyPTSD.com in terms of the education aspect. And you also have your book, Heal Your PTSD. How would you suggest folks use those to help them get started and progress on their journey? Well, the HealMyPTSD.com website is a great place to do research. We don't actually have healing processes. We have education about healing processes. So it's a good place to do research about how trauma affects your brain and, and what healing processes are, are available and what works for, for a multitude of people. And then, then it's sort of like a, a menu where you just choose the dishes that you want to try. Heal Your PTSD Dynamic Strategies That Work is based on the concept that during my PTSD recovery, I was overwhelmed by the amount of stuff there was to do and how do you organize it and how do you do it. And Heal Your PTSD was written 
solely from the perspective of let's make this easier. Let's chunk all of this down into manageable processes that you can do on a daily basis that make change. So the science behind PTSD symptoms is a part of the book. Creating your identity after trauma is a part of the book. Dealing with grief and shame and guilt, part of the book. But they're all interwoven, and we have five different um, parts to the book. And you can read the book in any order. It's sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure. So you can just dip into whichever part speaks to you that day and find the process to work that will literally help you start changing your brain, changing your body, evolving your post-trauma beliefs so that you, in a manageable, controlled, and comfortable way, effect the recovery process. So often we try to go too fast. Heal your PTSD slows everything down so that you can do the exercises, put in place the process in a way and at a pace that feels comfortable, which means that then you own the gains that you make because you've really worked up to them rather than jumping feet first into everything and then flailing around trying to grab onto something to hold. This slows down the process and allows you to own it as you move through. Wonderful. And yes, everyone, again, it's healmyptsd.com for the piece on the education. And that sounds like just a great place to start to really understand what's going on with your mind and body. Why why you can't just shake this off. It's a very real physical and emotional phenomenon that you're going through. And then the book, Heal My PTSD, Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. Yes, I, I read that book and it's a wonderful how it breaks things down into little bits and little exercises and little bits of understanding so that you can just take it in little pieces and move forward a little bit every day. So wonderful resources here for anyone, military, civilian, who may be suffering with trauma. So thank you for that, Michelle. Thank you for doing this wonderful work for us. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And our guest has been Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And we will wrap up on the other side with some final thoughts from Michelle. Thank you and see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra? 
host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kenstucky, accomplished coach and creator of Masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and our guest today has been Michelle Rosenthal, speaker, post-trauma coach, and author of Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. And in the last segment, Michelle talked about all the resources that are available on her website, HealMyPTSD.com, and all of the advice that's available in her book, Heal Your PTSD. So if anyone has any questions or wants to get started on this journey, highly recommend that you get started with those two pieces. And up to this point, we've really been talking about the experience of the person who is suffering with PTSD. And now, Michelle, let's get into what caregivers, healing professionals, and others dealing with those should understand about the PTSD recovery process. Can you talk about that? Yes, and, and that's, that's such an important area to touch on because it's very difficult, I think, from having watched my family struggle with me, and, and now I, I work with spouses and family members of, of survivors who are struggling with PTSD, and you see the same thing all the time. There's a breakdown in communication. There's a frustration on both sides. I know from you know my own years, my mom drove me crazy, crazier than I already was. <laughs> to, she kept wanting me to get help, and, and mm. for such a long time, I refused to get help. And so it drove her to such anxiety that I would not get help. Meanwhile, I was spiraling out of control in all of these self-destructive processes and practices. And on the other side, I was just so frustrated with her for being all over me and in my space. And, and so PTSD can create a lot of friction in a family. And even with healing professionals, you're giving your all to work with a survivor who maybe isn't ready for the step that you're asking them to take. And so one of the things that I like to remind caregivers and healing professionals is to approach the PTSD relationship by you have to get into their world. You cannot ask them to come into yours. It's much easier for a stable person to get into the world of PTSD and look at things from that perspective, understanding the anxiety, the hypervigilance, the arousal, the sleep disruption, all of the memory loss and concentration challenges. It's much easier for for somebody who is centered and healthy to get into that world and try to be helpful than it is to demand that a survivor with all of those symptoms come into the regular world and be completely normal. It's never going to happen. So one of the things that I always like to bring everybody's focus to is the communication between the PTSD survivor 
and the caregivers and healing professionals. And it's, it's difficult because with PTSD, literally one of the other effects of the, on the brain of trauma is it can affect the language center of the brain. So it's hard to find the words, hard to match words for emotions. It's hard to communicate. So this isn't an easy bridge to walk across together, but it definitely can be done if everyone takes the approach of respecting and honoring the experience on both sides. Not saying, please leave me alone, which is whatever survivor wants to say, <laughs> and not saying, just let, let it go already, which is so often what caregivers feel like saying, but meeting in the middle and saying, okay, here's my truth today, and here's your truth today, and how do we navigate the middle ground of those two places? Because that's really what we need. We need collaboration, connection, and communication to support the healing process. Mm, that's wonderfully put. And that reminds me of something that Suzanne Manafort of the Give Back Yoga Foundation said about the yoga classes that she teaches for veterans suffering with PTSD. And, and it is that she does not have any expectation as the yoga teacher as to what they will do that day during class. Uh, it could be an hour long class. And some of the students who show up may just lie there and breathe the entire time and not do any postures, and she said, that's okay. If that's where they're at that day, if they need to just lie in a safe place and breathe and relax, then that is fine. So it seems, yeah, what you're saying here is to honor where they are that day. And it may not be where you want them to be that day, but that they are going to do what they need that particular day and to have the patience with that. So well put, Sandra. Okay, And that doesn't always go along with what a family is trying to do in a day, for example. Right. And and so we recognize that it's going to be tough for families to continue to live the life that a family was trying to create. I mean, I think of some of the times I was being particularly horrific (laughs) and (laughs) meltdown-y. And, and, you know, we're on family vacations. And, and so you're, you're still trying to honor and respect the PTSD lifestyle, which is really what it is, while making a family lifestyle at the same time. So your point is really excellent. Yeah. And is there extra support then that caregivers need to be able to manage with, uh, I guess, the unpredictability of what the person with PTSD may need? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we launched the Heal My PTSD Forum, which is completely free for survivors and caregivers. And there's a link on the HealMyPTSD.com website. But the Heal My PTSD Forum is one example of support that's always available where you can go somewhere 24-7 online and always be able to say, here's my question, here's what we're struggling with, here's what we're experiencing. We don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. And that's true for survivors and the families of survivors. So it's, again, it's another piece in the education puzzle of being able to reach out and say, what do I do in this situation? Right. So that's one aspect. And it's also really important for caregivers to remember to maintain their own identity. Their job is not 24-7 to take care of the PTSD survivor. They have to have time off. They have to have outside interests. They have to have private alone time. And it's okay to want and to facilitate those things. 
And, and we forget that sometimes. As caregivers, it's very easy to, to say, well, my whole world is making sure this person is okay. Well, if you're not okay, you can't do that. So it's most important to make your, yourself okay first so that you can give the support that you want to give to your loved one. Yeah, that's a very good point, that in order to give care to someone else, you have to care for yourself first, or you won't have a lot to give. And I think it's wonderful that you're including caregivers in the website, HealMyPTSD.com, in terms of finding information and support that can help them along as well. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. We have a page that's wholly devoted to caregiver information. And, 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 And a lot of that comes out of my enormous shock (laughs) with how my mother was able to survive over 25 years of my craziness and still maintain her own life and make a life for my dad and make a life for my brother. I interviewed her. She was my first interview (laughs) on, on my radio show as I started sort of thinking about what's happening on the other side of the PTSD experience and how do we bridge the gap between the two. Yes. Okay. That's wonderfully put. And that's about all the time we have for today. So thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us and sharing your story and how you're reaching out and helping others who are moving beyond PTSD with your website, HealMyPTSD.com and your book, Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work. I wish you all the best and hope that you're able to touch many, many lives. Thank you so much. Sandra, thank you so much. And thank you for the amazing work that you do and how you bring together so many different facets of regeneration and put them all into one place that sort of gives you an overview of what's possible. And, And in what's possible, we can do so many things. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, and there's a lot that's possible, that's for sure. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Our guest will be Scott Joseph, founder and CEO of Chimp Food, your super healthy meal of the day, talking about food that regenerates your body. And before we wrap up, I'd like to announce that I've teamed up with an accomplished life and business coach, Noam Kostupki, for an adventure and expansion for health and wellness entrepreneurs called Abundance Cubed. If you'd like to learn more about that, go to wcubedcommunity.com, the Our Radio Show tab, and then the Abundance Cubed page. We hope you'll check it out and apply because it will be the journey of a lifetime. So thank you so much again, everyone, for joining us. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit.